Welcome to Q&A Selling Online with answers to questions about creating an online empire, promoting products, or building a brand. Your host, private label and e-commerce entrepreneur, Quinn Amorm. Welcome to the show, my friends. Today we have with us Jess Chan. She's the founder and CEO of Longplay, and this is a full-service email management marketing agency for e-commerce brands where they help businesses nurture, convert, and retain customers. Through their strategies, Longplay has helped generate over $8.5 million through email marketing alone to their customers. And prior to Longplay, Jess was the CMO at an e-commerce company. And that's the reason why she started this was because that's the agency that she wished she could have worked with. Jess, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? Very good. So Jess, how did you get into email marketing? Uh, so I got into it when I first started as a marketing assistant at the same e-commerce company that you just mentioned, um, where I eventually became the CMO. Um, but I remember starting my job as a marketing assistant, knowing really nothing about marketing or e-commerce or anything. I think one of my first tasks uh, on that job was that they wanted a weekly newsletter for the e-commerce business. So I remember Googling how to email marketing e-commerce. <laughs> and that was, the, that was the humble beginnings of this, of this agency a long time ago. Yeah, that's so funny. So, I mean, before we start talking about it, long play, this is not like another MailChimp, right? Isn't you're more than that. Yeah. So MailChimp would be an example of an email service platform or ESP. Mm -hmm. um, so MailChimp, Klaviyo, uh, ActiveCampaign, those are all examples of the platforms that we work on. Um, but we're an agency. So we work on platforms like MailChimp, um, but primarily we only work on a platform called Klaviyo. And we mm -hmm. kind of act as an internal team member or an extension of the team for our clients. So we do all the strategy, copywriting, design, implementation. So we're not a platform. We work on the platform and we do all that internal work for them. Very good. Cool. So that's, that's kind of like the most wanted service. Uh, I, I don't know if it's the most wanted. I, to me, it would be the most desirable service because all, all the MailChimps and Klaviyo's are out there already if we wanted. I actually had yeah. an issue with, with Klaviyo not too long ago. I always thought they were... Well, we can chat about it. I yeah, can definitely I, help you with that. I mean, I thought they were awesome. And then uh, not too long ago, I was doing a... It was going to be a video campaign. So basically, um, I wanted 20-second, 30-second video clips, almost like selfie videos. You know, you record a video of yourself. And, and then whoever had the best video was going to be on one of our ad campaigns. So we would ask for permission to use their face and all that. So there was a skincare company that decided to sponsor us. And they said, not just the winner, but everybody would get free skincare out of it. So we did a campaign and as we were running it, Clavio shut it down and he said, um, I couldn't do that because the products I was giving away weren't mine. I'm like, I mean, who cares? But what happened was ended up ruining the campaign because it, um, it had a, de a deadline and um, the emails weren't sent. So, Yep, Clavio is very, uh, very, very strict with anything around affiliate links or mm -hmm. pushing out people's products. So they really want to focus on just strictly white hat e-commerce, so that you're really just focusing on pushing people to your own website, your own products, and like um, making sure you're not doing kind of like affiliate giveaway stuff. Yeah, exactly. I mean, 
we uh, there was there was no affiliate everything like we were giving away the product for free it wasn't our product but uh that was uh man anyway anyway uh, i know i i know those traumatic email moments or just marketing moments when you're like not now it can't exactly. break now and that's always when it breaks because the facebook campaigns were already costing money so if we couldn't yeah. email them it, it was a bigger waste so i just wish I, we could have done it <laughs> earlier totally yeah so uh tell us exactly what kind of services does long play um offer like what exactly does it that you guys do yeah so we're a completely full service which means again we kind of work as an extension of their team so this kind of involves uh marketing strategies so we build out their entire flow map um so what kind of emails you want to send people at each stage of the customer journey and mm -hmm. also what kind of marketing campaigns that you want to push out like promotions product launches weekly content emails things like that um, so we built a strategy for all of that in terms of what's our messaging what's their hook which kind of segments we want to target um, send times things like that um, and then we do everything that involved that is involved in producing that email so we'll do all of the copywriting from scratch we'll do all of the design uh, we do all the Clavio implementation as well, making sure it's set up and tested and QA'd on all platforms mm -hmm. and then the full launch. And then obviously we go back and look at the reporting and also optimize the emails uh, that are flows as well. And then would you work just with an existing uh, list or do you guys create lists too in like landing pages or just work with existing? We just work with existing lists. So really our strength is list monetization rather than list growth. Mm -hmm. But I always say, you know, the best way to grow a list is to grow your customer base. Um, Cause you don't really want a list of, you don't want an email list. You want a list of potential customers. So most of our clients, the best way that they're really growing their email list is really just running Facebook ads to their uh, website, the way you would do so to acquire customers and just making sure you have your basic website opt-ins, pop-ups and things like that on your site. Um, but I find that's still the best method to grow your list. And once you start doing crazy things like list growth or um, giveaways and um, hacks and like list buying, all that kind of stuff, it just doesn't become as effective anymore. Cool. So, I mean, uh, some of the things that used to be done in the past and maybe they're still done, I don't know, like uh, renting a list or using somebody else's list, yeah. uh, not only they're frowned upon, but th does it even still work? Um, I think it depends on what kind of industry you're in. So I'm in the e-commerce industry where we, we don't even touch that. Um, but I yeah. think if you're working in something like direct response, I have a lot of friends in that industry where there is still a lot of affiliate pushes and you're kind of renting someone's list to push out your products and it still works very, very well mm. in those spaces. So it really is a, is a matter of really becoming clear which industry that you're in and how you'd like to grow your business. Cool. And besides not doing email marketing, what are some of the big mistakes that you see brands doing in in that area? Yeah. So, I mean, so the gradual, this is the traditional e-commerce internal email marketing journey. So one is we don't do email and then about yeah. a year and you're like, Oh crap, we, we should really start doing email. Someone send out some emails. We're like, okay, let's send out some emails. Um, and then the first few emails you send out are either a handful of weekly newsletters. So updates around, Hey, this is what's going on in our business. And like, Hey, we have a giveaway and like follow us on social media. And like, basically it's a hodgepodge of like the things that you would really like your customers to do in email form. Um, or it's running things like promotions, flash sales and things like that to generate revenue. Um, that's really the biggest mistake we see. It's, we see a lot of uh, companies either just doing newsletters or just doing promotions. 
Um, and what we do like to do is kind of flip the script. And instead of thinking about what do you want to get out of your email marketing, think about how, how would your customers like to hear from you through email. Mm. Um, so we focus a lot more on relationship-driven, value-driven content. Um, so we do a lot of content emails. We'll still do product launches and promotions and things like that, but rather than using it just as a revenue driver, still making it like a fun, entertaining, relationship-driven um, campaign. And I personally hate newsletters because I find with newsletters, it's really about you as a company. Um, and at the end of the day, what I say is like your customers don't really care about yeah. you. They care about what you can bring them. Um, so obviously once you build an amazing relationship with your, with your customers, they do want kind of want to know what you're up to and your CEO and like all these different things, but you need to earn that. Um, and you need to earn the right for your customers to care about you. So when you first start, really focus on giving them value as much as possible. So I love blog content kind of emails um, and things like that because it really just adds value to your customers' lives. Gotcha. So I, I knew not doing email marketing was probably one of the biggest mistakes that anybody yeah. in e-commerce can do. And I know that for a fact because years ago, I, I've been doing e-commerce for, for many years, but years ago, a uh, friend of mine and I kind of launched businesses at the same time. And these were going to mm -hmm. be those temporary ones. You know, sometimes in e-commerce, things only last so long. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't going to be, we're going to build a brand. It's going to be just, uh, let's just do it, right? It's kind of ca catching a trend. So anyway, yeah. it stayed. It wasn't just a trend. It stayed. He did email marketing. I didn't. He has 600,000 uh, on his list now. And That's amazing. I didn't do it because I thought it was going to, the product was going to die. So I'm like, I don't care about the brand. So anyway, and this is a clean list. So Every yeah. so often, I think, I don't know if he does every 60 days, uh, whoever doesn't open, he kind of removes them. Oh, wow. That's, yeah. that's very clean if it's 60 days. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Either way, it's like whatever you're doing, maybe in the future, you're never going to send an email, but still collect those emails because you never know. Yeah. How about the ones that you do collect and you kind of don't send them because I know that happens a lot. Uh, people that collect emails and then, you know, they that a subscriber never hears from them. Uh, is it okay to like six months later, go and send them an email or will they yeah. even remember? It's not not okay, but I'd be very careful around it. So my strategy around this is like, hey, if you don't really wanna put in effort in writing campaigns all the time, which is what I generally see companies do because emails are a lot of work and you're doing everything else that goes into running a business. So you don't really have time to like sit down and write write an email every week. So that's why we always start with flows. So at least take the time up front to write out like some sort of welcome flow that you can drip out over six months for all I care. Um, and it might just be like one email a month, one every one email every two weeks, and it's all automated. So you only need to write it out once. And then at least new people who are joining your list are still constantly being reached out to um, without you having to do anything. They should continue keeping people engaged because once you kind of let a list go cold and then you reach out to them six months later, it's not that you can't reach out to them or it's going to break, but your chances of having people completely unsubscribe or you having deliverability issues is a lot higher. Yeah. And then you need to warm up the list again. And to warm, warm up the list, you basically need to send to a small segment of your list and then continuously kind of increase it by like five or 10% each time until you tap into the whole part of the list and then clean it out. So it's just a lot of work after yeah. it's a lot of work to try to warm up a list again after six months versus just keeping it warm to begin with. Um, so I would say just set up a flow, let that thing drip out. You don't have to do any more work and um, it'll save you a lot of 
time and energy and headaches in the future. And would you write those flows, Jess, like uh, in any kind of email copy? You guys write that too? Because yeah, we do. We do everything. So literally all we need from our clients is like, hey, we need assets and information from you in terms of like, do you want to run a promotion? What kind of offers do you want to do? Things like that. Um, and then we need approval on everything. But from besides that, we take everything off of their plate as much as possible. Cool. So, I mean, your clients, because they're e-commerce clients, they could be selling on any niche. So what's your process? I'm just trying to think, like, if I was inside your company, how it would work. Like, okay, if I'm, I don't know, if I'm selling running shoes or whatever, that's mm-hmm. a, a little bit easier. But if I am selling a type of, uh, let's say, a supplement, right? Uh, do you guys have to do research in order to write these emails and know who my audience is? Yeah. So we work across a pretty broad range of, uh, clients. So we have a lot of supplements and health and beauty and health and wellness kind of, uh, uh, clients. And then we also Mm -hmm. have, um, things like apparel and lifestyle products and things like that. So in terms of the research behind the brand, um, our team does their own research, but also usually our clients does do a lot of a lot of heavy lifting because we already see what's on the website. We know how they're already speaking to the customers. So that's usually enough for us to start off with. Um, the thing with research is like, hey, you need to understand the product, but more so you need to understand the customer. Um, so I don't, it's not that we don't necessarily need to know like every single ingredient in a supplement because um, mm-hmm. we're not producing the supplement. We're just yeah. trying to sell it. And Customers don't really need to know every single ingredient in a supplement, um, nor would that be the most effective marketing technique. So what we really need to learn and what we really need to research is why customers buy from them. What make, what's their unique value propositions? What makes the product um, differentiated in the market? What kind of pain points do they solve? And regardless of what kind of product it is, whether it's a more complex product like a supplement or a relatively simple product like a running shoe, it's still the same process really of understanding why the customer buys from you. Got it. So have you tested in like long form email versus the tiny email because personally if there's one of those emails you can tell if it's like a copywritten email that has you know one line space another line space you know we can know exactly what you're talking about (laughs) so as a marketer you know right away what, what it is uh but i mean if it takes my whole screen i know i'm not gonna read it but that's just me personally. I, have you tested? Uh, is everybody like me or a high percentage isn't? Um, so we work with brands that are very like, the best way I can put it is like very Instagrammy. So it's like very clean aesthetics, um, not a lot of text, very high quality imagery and brand. Yeah. Um, so our emails actually never like just play. Generally, they're not plain text. Some of them are, um, but mostly they're very high quality designed aesthetically pleasing emails. Um, so we'll never have just like a block of text the way you're kind of describing with the copywritten direct response emails. Um, so we, we still do some emails that are relatively long in terms of like they're like two scrolls, three scrolls, um, but they're long but not dense. So there's usually a lot of icons, imagery, lifestyle images, things like that. Um, and we, we do both, you know, the short header style, one pager emails, and then we'll also do some of these longer form ones. Um, but either way, we never kind of do like the really dense, long scroll, you're practically reading a book kind of emails. Yeah. Okay, got it. You know, one of the things, because anybody that uh, is a marketer becomes, uh, I don't know, different, receives things in a different way because you know what what people are giving you. So yeah. one of the things that bothers me personally uh, 
is the emojis on the title. <laughs> so it, it probably is the biggest open rate. I don't know if it still is or not, but if I see, and it's always like, you know, the, the launch rocket ship <laughs> comes on uh, every title. Um, if you tested those, uh, still has the biggest open rate or are there better options than that? Um, so it really depends on the client. So really one of our onboarding questions now is emojis or no emojis? How do you feel? Yeah. Um, cause some clients are just, it just doesn't go with their brand at all. Um, and then for the ones who don't mind it, um, then we'll just do tests. So the way I kind of see emoji hierarchy is like emojis and subject lines are pretty casual. Like everyone puts emojis in subject lines to put emoji in a header. That's like an extra level of emoji usage. And then if you start putting in subtitles, if you start putting in body copy, that's like extra aggressive emoji usage. Um, I'm personally not a fan of putting emojis all over the body copy unless that's like really their brand. Um, cause at that point it, it's a different type of style. Um, but subject lines will always test headers. We'll use here or there really depends on the brand. Cool. So about for there's there's a ton of these days there's a ton of marketing agencies and email email agencies like yours it's actually not too common, but Facebook ad agencies like so uh, many it's very competitive. Yeah, so you kick a rock and there's two under there, <laughs> and uh, for for these people they actually require email services too. So this is an ad agency that, that if they are smart they require email services. Is it the same? to market to because they're providing services instead of e-commerce. Uh, do you provide those services too? And is it easy? Uh, so we don't do any B2B. Um, okay. Personally, because also I don't even like B2B. So the irony is like, I hate marketing our own business. Cause I'm like, I don't, this isn't fun anymore. I like consumer marketing. Um, so all the principles are the same. Um, at the end of the day, it just goes back to like fundamental marketing principles, which is map out your customer journey. What are the key milestones? Speak to them um, in terms of what's, what's significant to them, add value. So the principles are the same and we could give, we could consult and, you know, give the same advice to B2B, but we don't personally touch it because the creative and the implementation becomes very, very different. And that's really kind of where a lot of the heavy lifting is. Gotcha. So four years ago, you, you were not very knowledgeable about marketing when you, when you started. And then since then you've generated is it over 70 million for your customers? Oh no, we've generated over, I think 8 million now. Yeah. Uh, we've only been in business for like a year and a half or so. So um, it's pretty relatively early in the business, um, but yeah, that's kind of where we're at now. Well, it's, it's impressive then if it's uh, only a year or so in 8 million, it's really, really impressive. Do you know what the average uh, open rate is today? Um, it really depends per client. We have clients doing, you know, 35% open rates. We also have clients more in like the 15 to 20% range. Mm -hmm. Um, cause those are really big lists. So, um, my sweet spot is like the 15 to 20% range actually. Um, because it allows us to tap into the biggest portion of the list without hurting the engagement rates too much. Um, so, you know, it's really easy to get, like I always say with open rates, you need to, you need to know the context of what you're referring to. Cause I'm like, I could get a hundred percent open rate if I just send to my mom. Yes, um, yeah. So open rates are so proportional based on who you're sending, how you're sending and all that kind of stuff. So if someone just says, Hey, we have a 50% open rate, that means absolutely nothing to me because I have no idea what you're doing on the back end. So yeah, generally I shoot for 
15 to 20 for a really big list. So I'm talking about like anything above 600,000. Um, that would be a good size. So that means you're tapping to a larger portion of the list um, while still kind of maintaining your engagement rates. All right. So, you know, one of the things that I'm very curious to know is something that I don't do much because I don't really understand it too much. And it's segmenting a list. Do you do that? Yeah, <laughs> so definitely. How do you break it down? Is it like, like sub subcategories? This per, this, these are female, these are male. Is that what it is? Yeah. So you can segment on a few things. Um, you can segment kind of on uh, customer properties, which I would describe as like customer demographics would be a property, um, their preferences, things like that. So things that are kind of fixed. And then, mm. uh, and then the other segmentation is more based on behavior. So I'm kind of in the camp of, I guess, kind of like Steve Jobs, where he says like customers don't really know what they want. You got to show, show them what they want. And I'm more in the camp of, hey, listen to what your customers tell you by how they behave rather than just what they tell you. Um, so I'm less of a fan of like things like quizzes and getting people to opt in with their preferences and what they want to receive. I'm more interested in how are people behaving? What kind of products are they viewing on site? Um, what kind of emails are they engaging with? What kind of products are they buying? Um, how often are they purchasing from you? So our strategy leans very, very heavily on um, customer purchase behavior and customer site behavior. So we'll segment based on um, the products that someone views on the site, the products that they've bought in the past, how often they're engaging with emails um, and things like that. Nice. So if I wanted to do a, um, like a new product launch, and this is a list that you've you already been working with, and now, okay, we're, we're launching a new product, Jess. Do you come up with promotion ideas or like, do we have to give you the ideas that we have or, or both? We, yeah, it's, it's both. It's very collaborative. So if sometimes our clients are just like, Hey, we know exactly what we want. Okay, cool. Let's implement it. Um, and then if not, then we're, we're more than happy to, to give our input as well. Um, so the way I see it with a product launch, for example, really, again, depends on where you are in the business. So let's say you're a five-year-old business, you're already, in, you're already doing like 10 million. You have a lot of customer data for us to work with and we're like, Hey, we're launching this new product. Um, we would segment it based on, for example, if you already have three existing product lines, we're saying, hey, this new product that you're launching, it'll probably resonate mostly with people who've already bought product A. It might stick with mm. people who bought product B before, but we need a little bit different messaging. And then for people who've never bought from you before at all, we probably need to introduce the product differently. So I'd likely segment it based on what their past purchase behavior already was. Okay, that's super cool. So that means on your emails, you can pick... Uh, people that I guess that's one of the Clavio functions. If you, if this person has bought this product, send them this email. Right. Yep. Is, oh, that is, that's super cool. That's one of the things. This is why I love Clavio. You can, yeah. you can really splice it however, however you need to. Yeah. It's unfortunate that I cannot get them like to connect through API to Amazon. Cause that's like where the biggest audience is, but we don't have access to those emails. Yeah. Um, that would have been so, so powerful being able to do that. Yeah, for sure. So right now, if there's a brand that is not using email marketing and I mean, we both know it's, it should be used, but there's a lot of people that read those blog posts, you know, they're out there that says email marketing is dead and you know, almost, I don't know, one in every three blogs will say something like every that. every year email marketing is going to be dead this year and yeah. it never is um there's this i don't remember what uh what it's called but there's this 
rule that Ryan Holiday mentions in his book, Perennial Seller. But it's the idea that you can predict how long the thing will be around for based on how long it's already been around for. So, you know, with email, it's been around for tens of years um, and lasting versus like TikTok, which has blown up in the next year or so, in the last year or so. So in terms of like how I would, you know, put my eggs in a basket and place my bets, like I would place more, more, place more weight on the things that have already been around for a while. So email has been around for a while at this point, Facebook has been around for a while as well and Google. Those are still like relatively worthwhile channels. And then the newer ones, I would just see it as tests. So Versus thinking, hey, if because it's been a while, it's been around for a while, it's probably going to die this year. It's more around, it's more around the idea that, hey, because it's been around for a while, it's probably going to be around for a while longer as well. What is one of the biggest success stories that that you can share from one of your clients? Mm. Um, we had a supplement CBD company come in, um, and they had probably like a. I want to say maybe like 20,000, maybe 30,000 people on their list. So it wasn't, it wasn't a massive list at all. Um, a fantastic product. Uh, one of definitely the best one in the industry. Um, and because it was CBD, they couldn't really do any Facebook ads and things like that. So it was all done through affiliate marketing, which also makes your email list even more important as a channel because you don't have your usual um, ad channels. So they came in um, and they basically weren't doing any email marketing at all. I think they had around like 5% of their sales coming from email. Um, and within 60 days, we got the email revenue increased by 630 something percent. Wow. Um, and it became 30% of their revenue coming from email pretty ongoing after that. So that was definitely an exciting one, uh, where it was very, very fast results very quickly. Um, and that was, that was definitely just like a fun one to, to launch. Oh, I think that's incredible. 600%. So what if, uh, let's say somebody that's listening right now wants to, uh, you know, get you to do their email marketing, but their entire list is on MailChimp. Do they have to transfer it over to, or just you, you get to log in. I'm guessing it's something like LastPass, and you guys have access to that one. And are you going to do the email marketing on your own Clavio account or Clavio? Uh, or are you going to use the existing one? Like the one I already have. Yeah. So, yeah, we have a lot of clients who start off on MailChimp and I'm always like, whether we work with you or not, you need to get, you need to get off MailChimp. Um, it's not working anymore. I don't know what they, they were, they used to be great. Like, and I still refer, I still uh, refer them in terms of like, if you're just getting started and you have no budget and you just want to get some emails out, it still works, but they have absolutely no data in there. Um, so I was like, if you really want to do email marketing seriously, you got to get off of that. Um, and then we only work off of our clients' Clavio accounts because the value is that they own your email list. So it doesn't make sense for us to own it. Um, so we work within the Clavio account, but we'll also help people migrate everything over if needed. Very good. And I wouldn't say it makes too much sense not to have a Clavio account because uh, you can start it for free, right? Depending on the size of your list. If you're just starting out, it's 100% free. You have up to, was it a thousand emails you can have it, for free? In MailChimp or in Clavio? In Clavio. I a thousand sounds about right. Yeah. Something like that. So, I mean, anybody that's starting out, you can get it uh, absolutely yeah. for free. So, yeah. If you're getting, if you're serious about email and you have a decent list, um, you will get your ROI back on that no time. I, the only reason I would not use Clavio is if you're like, hey, we're just not ready to send out emails yet. We just want to collect them somewhere. Then like just stick, stick on MailChimp for a little bit and then you can move everything over. Awesome. Very good. So, Jess, 
So for everybody listening, and they are not doing enough email marketing or not doing it whatsoever. So if they want to contact you and they want more tips or want you to basically build our campaigns for them, where can mm -hmm. they find you? Yeah. So our website is longplaybrands.com and there's a contact form in there and also just obviously like more information, more information on what we do and how we work and all that kind of stuff. So that'll be the best way to, uh, to get a hold of us. And that's longplaybrands.com, correct? Yeah. Awesome. I'll have that on the show notes. Jess, thank you so much. It was a pleasure having you here. I hope that everybody listening that needs, I mean, there's nobody that I've found so far that doesn't need help with their email marketing. For sure. There's always a shiny object and everybody wants to go into messenger, uh, messenger apps and, yeah. you know, all the shiny objects. And then when everybody moves away from email marketing, it's when it starts working the, the best for the mm -hmm. ones that stay. So for sure. Yeah. So Jess, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It was great.